Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Cleve Flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which door? Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host Jake from be sure to follow us on social media at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at drew Butler. He is at from Jake punt and The number one destination for all things, college football. It's got our YouTube page up there. It's got our picks, which DB finally four and one this weekend, trying to track down Jake from But Jake. You did not have too bad of a weekend. It was a lot of really good action. And it also has our merch. All of our hats, go ahead on over to puntandpass.com. Get you a rope hat, a tour visor, a golf hat. We got everything, puntandpass.com. What a weekend for week six there, Jake. We're going to touch on it all. It's teeing it up for an even better week seven. But um, you had a pretty busy one. You were at the game in oh, Athens. Yeah. Beautiful weekend, huh? Man, beautiful day for some football. It was awesome. Had some family come up. It was a pretty cool game. Uh, getting to watch my brother Tyler play and all. So it was fun. Had a good weekend. No doubt. Always fun. And if you want to make it an even better weekend next time, you got to head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. That's right. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by none other than Solomon Brothers Jewelers, the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. If you go to Solomon Brothers Jewelers, they have two locations, one in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon, the other in Buckhead, 17th floor tower place. All you have to do is mention the Punt and Pass podcast or mention myself or Jake and you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Solomon Brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. Check them out on social media at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter, SolomonBrothers.com. Check us out and check them out on social media because we have a giveaway coming up from Solomon Brothers in the month of October. We appreciate them so much. Tune into our social media. We'll let you know how you can get involved with that giveaway yeah it was a huge game um george obviously took down auburn in pretty dominant fashion throughout the second half alabama escaped a big time scare against texas Mm. a&m tennessee whooped up on lsu texas shuts out oklahoma we got a lot to touch on so let's go ahead and get right into it before we get to the georgia game though jake alabama 
survives the scare. So much was talked about this game, Alabama and Texas A&M. Heading into the season, a lot of extracurriculars during the offseason. Bryce Young does not play. He's day-to-day still with a bum shoulder. Jalen Milrow steps in. Um, and Texas A&M showed a lot of heart. They tried to win it on the last play of the game, but Alabama escapes 24-20. to In a way, is it almost the beginning of the end? Of the, Are we doing of the, this again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, ha- you have to at least bring it up. Is it the beginning of the end? Not not necessarily just, hey, po- you know, a Saban era post Bryce Young. Does he does he want to just go through it and deal with it and basically be slightly less than a dynasty that he's yeah. been for 15 years now? So that's a that's definitely a question that must be at least asked. No doubt. You know, it was interesting. Uh, A-Chain, the running back for Texas A&M, is a total stud. Um, yeah, he really yeah, he's, he's a good ball player. that ball game. Haynes King was the backup. He started the season as a starting mm-hmm. quarterback. Max Johnson dealing with an injury. So Haynes King gets to step back in on the road. This game was in Tuscaloosa and Brian Denny Stadium. And man, it was a knockdown, drag out fight. Jalen Milrow obviously has not matured as a passer uh, like Bryce Young is. Bryce Young can throw it all over the yard. You mentioned this at the start of the season. Alabama is not trotting out the same weapons that they had on the perimeter a year ago. And that really limits what this offense is capable of. Uh, when they needed to, they were able to dig deep, get a big-time victory. How about the pass interference to get Texas A&M all the way down to the two-yard line with one play left on the clock? And then I don't, I'm not really quite sure about the play call in which Texas A&M chose to try to win the game, the quick out to the pylon. Uh, but yeah. Alabama had it defended really well, and it looked like they knew exactly what was coming. Yeah, that's kind of like uh... – you know, saying you want to go to the casino and go play a little bit, but all you do is you go in and you put it on either red or black and then that's yeah. it. You walk out. That's, that's yeah. kind of what, that's kind of what that play was. Just, you didn't really give yourself a fight chance. You just put it all in the odds of somebody else and, uh, and kind of rolled with it. But yeah, I, I wish they would have done something else. You know, you know, it's going to be mono, mono, man to man. Uh, give me in a bunch, give me a stack, give me a little motion. Let's move yeah. around. Um, let's show some creativity. I mean, this is a this is a big play. I, I mean, know. let's 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 draw something up. I mean, this is something that should have been been talked about, ran multiple times through camp. Uh, because I mean, these plays don't get used every week. So I mean, you have two to three plays that that you can go to immediately. You know what coach is going to call. Um, and arguably, it should have been a little bit better than that. Yeah, and when you say bunch or motion, you're talking about putting three wide receivers out to the field side and then running yeah. some sort of mesh or crossing pattern so that the DBs get mixed up, a guy breaks free, and then it's a timing play. Yeah, and get, you get those, into a receiver or a tight end, right? Yeah, get get those defenders thinking a little bit. That's why they play defense, so they don't have to think. So get them yeah. thinking a little bit, get them to communicate a little bit, uh, and then maybe you get a free one because someone doesn't communicate right. Uh, is able to get out of that that uh, bunch, that stack, whatever you want to do, and maybe you just get a a little bit extra a window of an opening that you wouldn't have had otherwise if it was just straight man to man. Yeah, really interesting way for the game to end. Alabama showing signs of vulnerability, two missed field goals again, penalties to get Texas A&M down in scoring range with the game on the line. 
everybody knows that in order to beat Alabama, they have to have, well, Georgia was able to do it not this way a year ago in the national championship game. I know the injuries obviously help, but Georgia dominated the second half of that game. Alabama has to beat themselves. Um, there's no two ways about it. That's how Alabama lost to Texas A&M a year ago. A&M was able to put up 40-plus points on them. Uh, and that's what has happened to Alabama in the past. It's the penalties. It's uh, the defense not playing well. It's the penalties the in the Texas over. game. They were so close in that so Texas close. game. So close. Missed field goals. You know, a lot of times that's how Alabama has gone down in the past. And, of course, when you don't have Bryce Young, um, that – is going to hurt yeah. any team who's the, of course, defending Heisman Trophy winner. So on that last play, it was interesting where it was on the field. I saw Texas A&M's athletic director was right there. Jimbo Fisher's son was right there. He was freaking out on the referees, screaming for a pass interference call. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's son. That guy seems, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to hang out with him on a Saturday night, but have you seen the pictures <laughs> of him rocking the jersey and the chains and the jeans and the oh, backwards he's, hat? He's all about it, huh? He's all about it. And it was funny because a lot was made of Jimbo and, and Saban's embrace pregame uh-huh. um, after all the things that had been said throughout the offseason and leading up to the game. But Fisher's son was right there and daps up Saban with his, you know, backwards flat bill snap, snap back hat on um, and all of his chains. But Really interesting game. Alabama survives. They go to number three in the AP poll. Yeah. They will be heading to Rocky Top to take on number six undefeated yeah. Tennessee this weekend. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. It looks like now they're kind of playing musical chairs with Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama now uh, in those top three spots. It, to me, there is a gap between those three and everybody else. Clemson, for whatever reason, moves up to four after this week. I didn't think they they played very well at all. They played Boston College. It was, yeah. it was like a tight game for the entire first half. And kind of like Georgia pulled away there in the second half. Um, but, man, Tennessee's at number six. That's going to be a really cool, awesome atmosphere going into Rocky Top. That That's going to be a huge game. And I think they have a fighting chance. <laughs> I would agree with you. Uh, game day is going back to Knoxville for the second yeah. time in three weeks, I want to say, or four weeks. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's the one place that they had to be this weekend. This is a very, very historic rivalry, always yep. the third Saturday in October. Uh, if you don't remember, not only has this game gone way, way back, Alabama versus Tennessee, but Phil Fulmer uh, is the one who told on Alabama, who got Alabama the sanctions years and years ago in the 90s or early 2000s. So, no love lost between these two teams. And for the first time, second time since 2000, these two teams are ranked in the top 10. So it will be a very juiced up atmosphere. You just mentioned Georgia kind of going back and forth with Alabama. Get this, this is from ESPN. The shuffle that Georgia made from number one to number two after the close win against Missouri, back to number one now in the AP poll yep. after Alabama just barely beat Texas A&M. That shuffle, number one to number two, back to number one over three weeks, hasn't happened in more than a decade. So just interesting, interesting. statistics. Yeah. Interesting I, statistics. I think two other people, two other teams as well who made a pretty big jump uh, in the rankings. UCLA at yeah. number 11. I know. After beating Crazy. Utah. Wow. Undefeated. 6-0. and Undefeated. UCLA, the hope of the Pac-12 right now, them and USC. And USC, which I think USC is being very sneaky this year. Uh, and then Oregon's right there at 12 at 5-1. and one. And then Mississippi State ranked number 16 in the country, moving up seven spots after basically decimating Arkansas, which I could not I believe after the game. I was checking up on scores and 40-17 to 17 against Arkansas. What the heck's going on? 
you know, a lot of people leading into that game, and we didn't have it on our inside the five last week. I might have missed out, but I wanted to pick that Texas-Oklahoma game, which you and I both picked correctly. Um, people were just talking about the schedule that Arkansas had to go through. K.J. Jefferson didn't play their starting quarterback. Arkansas has been through an absolute gauntlet of powerhouses, and it seemed like now when they had lost K.J. Jefferson, it was on the road in Starkville. It was just too much to ask of them. Yeah, too much to ask, and, you you know, give credit to Mississippi State. They're playing some yeah. really good ball right now, um, and they're playing at a pretty high level. They will get into the meat of their schedule yeah. later on in the year as was well. It, was it too much to ask of Kentucky? Without well, you Will know, Levis. Will Levis not playing, yeah. obviously, the number one future NFL draft pick, which I cannot seem to understand. I like Hendon Hooker <laughs> way better than Will Levis. I think Hendon Hooker can spin it all over the yard. Yeah. Uh, but a lot to ask of Kentucky as well. No Will Levis. Uh, talking about extracurriculars between coaches and no love loss between teams. Mark Stoops chirped at Shane Beamer during SEC media days. And did you see the video of Shane Beamer postgame, what he did? No. Okay, so this was great. South Carolina whooped up on uh, yeah. Kentucky. No, no contest. Twenty-four to fourteen. The score seemed a little bit closer than the game actually was. But before SEC media days, they filmed like a TikTok. South Carolina football did. Um, it was some trendy song, and Shane Beamer put on these sunglasses and did this video. And Mark Stoops chirped him, I think, on the podium or during an interview at SEC Media Days talking about, you know, some teams have to put on goofy sunglasses just to get excited about whatever. Well, they beat the crap out of uh, Kentucky, <laughs> and then after the game, the cameras are on Beamer in the locker room, and he's got all the friends, and he's he's got all the teammates around him, and he's like, hey, guys, you know, what a great game. Um, be respectful in the media when you do your interviews after the game, but um, – He pulled he, out some sunglasses. Yeah, he said something like, if you want to put some stupid sunglasses on, do it, and they cued the music up, and he put the sunglasses on, and they all started partying in the locker room. Oh, so. that's awesome. Hey, it was cool. Yeah. It gotta, was, you got to have You got to have fun with it. You gotta I mean, have there, fun with it. there's de there's definitely a line, and sometimes the line is crossed, it's blurred. You're sitting on the fence, but I think you gotta have a little fun with it too. Now, no doubt, no doubt. You know who's having fun though? It's Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee goes into Baton Rouge and they whooped LSU. The final score was forty to thirteen. This thing was over in the first couple of minutes. Uh, it was interesting because right before kickoff, I went to bed online, Jake. People were hammering LSU all morning, and it got down to two and a half. Tennessee was a two and a half point favorite. I was like, I like Tennessee to win by a field goal. So I got on the board early on Saturday. I took Tennessee, and that offense is looking really, really good. It's going to be a big time game this weekend. But LSU, kind of a, you know, a little bit of a shady four and one record heading into that game, and they definitely got exposed. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to throw our, our viewers for a loop here, but going back. To Tennessee's baseball program this spring. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know how much you kept up with it, but they were just basically a bunch of bad boys. They were having fun. Everybody, yeah. it was them versus everybody. They everybody in the country. Beaters. Yeah. Everybody in the country hated them. They were cocky. They were this. And not that Tennessee football is, but it's it's almost like there's a little bit of a parallel there where, hey, Tennessee baseball was really, really good. I mean, they were the best college baseball team in a long oh, yeah. time. And then they kind of let you down there at the end. I don't know if there's going to be any parallel there. You know, maybe Tennessee upsets Alabama, keeps going, keeps going, and then uh, maybe falls at the end. I don't know. Just I just thought it was an interesting parallel that could almost have been made a point. But yeah, the the biggest question this week undoubtedly is is Bryce Young going to play? Um, yeah. You think Bryce Young might because if, if he doesn't if he play, play, it's game on. Game on. It uh, yeah, anybody's game. I totally agree. Um, Tennessee's getting into the meat of their schedule now. Obviously, 
They'll be taking on Alabama. Then they have Kentucky. Then they go to Athens on November 5th. So this is it, man. They're, they got everything out in front of them that they could ever want. And if Bryce Young does not play, like you just said, I think Alabama is like an eight-point favorite right now. That line will go down. Yeah. Uh, and it will be it'll be a big-time game, man. That's, it already is. It yes. is. What I also think is is – Pretty neat how they flipped the schedule uh, for Georgia's schedule. They flipped Auburn and Tennessee. Normally, yeah. Tennessee's usually like a week four game, and, yeah. and Auburn's late in November. Um, and then they flipped those two games, and lo and behold, it's when Tennessee's really good, and that's that's going to mean a lot as far as the SEC standings and, and who goes in to play the SEC championship game. So funny how that no works doubt. out. No doubt. You know what? We're going to – that leads us into a brand-new segment. Um, oh we're going to do the Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week. As you know, Solomon Brothers not only has all the jewelry and diamond needs for your significant other, but they also have amazing stuff for mm. guys as well, like an amazing selection of watches, of which I have an Oris watch that I got from Solomon Brothers. So for the Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week, heading into mm. Week 7, it's this Alabama-Tennessee game. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. There's no two ways about it. Number three, Alabama heading to Knoxville to take on number six, Tennessee. College game day will be there. Hendon Hooker and this Tennessee offense are playing at such a high level, and that's without Cedric Tillman, their number one wide receiver, who is a top five wide receiver in the country. Will he be back on the flip side for the Crimson Tide? Will Bryce Young play? Obviously, Jalen Milrow, an unbelievable athlete, but not the best passer by any stretch of the imagination. I believe Alabama right now is an eight-point favorite on the road, but this is the Solomon Brothers' big watch of the week heading in to week seven it's number three alabama at number six tennessee be sure to check out solomon brothers on twitter and instagram at solomon brothers solomonbrothers.com mention punt and pass or mention myself or jake and you can get 10 percent off your jewelry purchase solomon brothers two locations one in alpharetta just past the avalon the other in buckhead 17th floor tower place uh second down jake i really like what stetson bennett said after the game uh, he was talking with, I forget who the silent reporter was for CBS sports second team. Cause then the one team was in the double header, Alabama, A&M at night, but Georgia dominates the second half, um, kind of another slow start, but credit to Auburn. They hung in there for the first and second quarters, not too many mistakes on their own. And Stetson Bennett after the game said, you know what? Um, we just decided that we needed to start having fun again. And it kind of, I, I kind of sat back in my chair and I go, man, that makes a lot of sense. It did look like they were having fun. His 64-yard sprint to the end zone, that had to be fun. Running the football, that is always fun. 
Georgia has had to live up to the expectations, Jake, of perfection, which they literally set weeks one through three. That was perfect football. Everybody put a stamp on them as a defending national champions. And it is tough to live up to that. I don't care if you're playing against air. Georgia needs to start having fun again. Um, And it seemed like they did that in the third and fourth quarters last week. Yeah, I I completely agree here. There's a lot of parallels too. Uh, Reminds me a lot of my uh, junior year in 2019 where I just, it was just, it was to me, it was just frustrating the whole time because knew we were good. We had, uh, we had weapons, we had this, we had that, but it just, it it wasn't quite chilling together as nicely as we wanted. It was just, it was frustrating. And so kind of made a switch there um, about three quarters way through. It was like, guys, we we just got to have fun because this is, this is just, it's killing everybody, just killing the mood, killing the vibe. And so, uh, I love that from Stud about having fun because you need to relax. There is a there is a ton of pressure on this football team now, but absolutely. <laughs> you also you also have to enjoy being there and enjoy it for what it is, uh, as well. Um, but talking about the game, however, being there and watching it, I thought the game was a lot closer than the score indicated. Uh, they're late, you know. It ended up being forty two to ten, which I, I thought it was close. It, to me, it could have been a lot worse because Auburn very used to putting the ball on the ground turnovers. We've talked about that before, but um, yeah, definitely them coming out in the second half and putting them away uh, was really good to see. But I, if Harson doesn't have that uh, fake punt there I uh, know. in the, in the first that? half, what are we doing? And uh, they're in the ball game. Not only was it an interesting call, it was a horrible scheme. I mean, if you're going to run a fake <laughs> punt in that situation, like get creative. That was like your classic snap it to the up back and try to sneak 10 yards. Yeah. That was not happening against Georgia. Georgia's been gashed on a fake punt against South Carolina just a few weeks ago. When that happens from a special teams perspective, you're always a lot more cautious heading in week to week. And, and then when you t- yeah, antennas are way up. And especially when you're playing a conference game and you know, you know, especially with uh, – all the noise around Auburn's program, they're going to do everything they can, trick plays, um, fake plays and special teams, and Georgia was ready. That switched the game big time. I don't know what that play call was, but that is what turned the tide of the game undoubtedly, and and Auburn can't afford that because that's just a turnover, right? That's not like, oh, we just lost the ball. That's a turnover. It was in Auburn territory. territory. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. crazy. Be interesting to see how much longer Brian Harson sticks around at Auburn. I mean, I hope the best for him. It'll be what they got Ole Miss this weekend, I believe. Um, and then they're going to be heading into the meat of their schedule as well. So interesting. But talk to me about you said the frustration, not only of the players, because they want to win every game 50 to nothing, obviously, yeah. but the coaches have the expectation of the players to execute at such a high level as well it is easy to drain down everybody within the facility when you're just beating your head against the wall, trying to meet that standard. Uh, there is a lot to be said for what I think Stetson said, and I don't want to beat this to death, but let's start having fun. You know, what do they say? When you play loose, you play fast. And when you play fast, you play good or, or whatever the old adage is. It's like when you don't have to overthink things, then you can start executing better. Then you play better. And then that's when you get the results that you really work for. Yeah, I definitely agree there. And I would also go on to say that coaches can be worse at this than the players as far as putting pressure on themselves to perform, just feeling just just feeling the weight of it, uh, yeah. just kind of suffocating themselves almost. Of, because at least the players, 
they're the ones going out and doing the performance, right? But the coaches have to live vicariously through the players. And so you, 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 the, there's the, the wheels are turning in their, in their brain. They're thinking so much. Oh, if I tell him to do this, he's not going to, you know, this, that. I mean, there's so much going on and, and I could see, I've seen it before where coaches overthink everything. They're not having fun. Uh, they feel the pressure. Um, and it's just, it, it's tough. And it's also tough to play for coaches like that too. There's no doubt. It doesn't just happen in football. Uh, it probably happens <laughs> yeah. in corporate America. It happens, it happens in every sport. It happens, happens everywhere in your family life. I mean, that's yeah. just the, the nature of the beast. So Georgia gets a little bit of a breather this week. And I believe is homecoming at home against Vanderbilt, a bye week And then they're heading to Jacksonville. And how about that stretch, dude? It goes Jacksonville at home versus Tennessee. I believe at Mississippi state and then at Kentucky. So giddy up. I mean, that's going to be it the, right there. It's looking like the Mississippi state game is going to be a lot better. I know. than I think we originally thought so i know no doubt about it so georgia takes care of business in the 127th meeting of the deep south's oldest rivalry they beat auburn 42 to 10 all right third down uh i got some of these statistics about week seven which we're going to tee you up with from espn a season high six games this upcoming weekend against ranked teams so giddy up i don't know what your weekend plans are jake but if you have the opportunity to maybe get a little hunting done and then get the day stand that morning yeah okay i like it so in the Big Ten, number 10, Penn State at number five, Michigan, the third top 10 matchup in this series and the first since 1997. So that'll be a really good game. We'll see if Michigan is. Let's see real. what, yeah, let's see what uh, JJ McCarthy's all about. Let's Absolutely. See, let's see that game. And sure. that game's in the big house, which I think will be pretty important for the Wolverines. We've touched about it. It's the Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week, number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee. I told you earlier, it's the second top 10 matchup between these two teams since 2000. So there will be so much hype around this game. The only unfortunate thing, obviously, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some love for the university of Georgia. Georgia kicks off at three 30 on sec network as well. Why is this game at three 30? I don't know, but of course, Alabama, Tennessee is at three 30 on CBS in the big 12. Don't look now, but the big 12, I believe has the same amount of teams in the top 25 as the sec number eight, Oklahoma state, who's still undefeated at number 13, TCU. TCU has their best ranking since being number nine back in 2017, Jake. Yeah, TCU sneaking up in there. Uh, and I want to hit this, too, while you mentioned it, about Georgia's uh, schedule as yeah. far as what time they play. I, I feel for them to be the number one, number two team in the country the whole year, it's been pretty frustrating about when and, like, on what channel they're playing, too. I was oh, trying, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I came home from a wedding that that weekend two weeks ago, whatever it was, and I was trying to flip the channels and trying to watch the dogs play. Couldn't Good find luck. them. Good luck. What, what are we doing? I, I, I have mean, no this idea. Is ridiculous. And they're you playing talk to at, the shot callers at ESPN about that. Yeah, and then they're playing at three thirty the same time the Alabama game's going on. Well, I mean, what are we doing? We, we got to do better. Do better. Do better. Well, if you have DirecTV this weekend, 611's SEC Network. That's at 3.30. I got to get 46. like you where I have like eight TVs on the wall watching watching the whole spread. You know, it's a write-off. Business deduction. <laughs> Come on. You know that. Yeah, so the Big 12 has five teams in the top 25. The SEC has six teams in the top 25. But uh, Oklahoma State's sitting there at number eight. So we'll see if they can continue to march towards, hopefully, a college football playoff berth. Number 15, NC State at number 18, Syracuse. The first matchup of ranked teams at home for Syracuse since 2001. So a lot of firsts here. We talked about Mississippi State. They're heading to Lexington. Number 16, Mississippi State at number 22, Kentucky. The first time that these two teams will meet when they're both ranked in 49 games. 
Interesting. That's a lot. A lot. A lot of firsts, <laughs> like lot. I said. And then number seven, USC at number 20, Utah. Utah just lost to UCLA. I thought that was a little bit of a look-ahead spot for them with the huge matchup against USC on deck this weekend. The second straight game against a ranked Los Angeles team for Utah. So USC is playing really high level. Looks like them and UCLA are on a crash course. Neither have played Oregon yet. Oregon's playing very well also. What time, what time is that USC game? Do you know what time USC-Utah play? Let me I, I don't want to put you on the spot there. But I would have to think well, it's well, later on in the day. Later, yeah, but I, I really want to sit down and watch USC and see what they're doing. Just PM on Fox. Just to know, just for my own sake, if, if knowing if, if they're for real or not. They are, are, they, are they worth the conversation to put again? Their defense, I think they lead the the nation in turnovers. Uh, They have been very, very good at getting the football. I want to say they're like plus in the double digits. Like that's how much they've been getting uh, the football, which is huge. Um, And their offense, I want to say, is more like feast or famine. If they see something they like, Lincoln Riley can expose it in a hurry and they can put a ton Uh of points on the board. But like when you saw at Oklahoma, if you slow them down, they have trouble really picking apart and making adjustments to get a lot of points on the board. So – um, I think that's more so of a coaching matchup, defensive playmakers on the perimeter, getting to Caleb Williams. But USC is for real. Um, and UCLA is playing with a lot of confidence as well. So watch out for the uh, watch out for the Big 12. Hashtag watch out. Excuse me, Pac-12. Pac-12. We knew what you right. Yeah, so uh, on our picks last week, we'll wrap this thing up. I went 4-1, and one, which takes me to 10-20 on the season. So hey, what, what, hey, what, talking to me in the Yeah, what, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, got, I got a few comments. Me. I got... I got a few comments on that. Uh, talking to some me. folks, yeah, like, oh man, you've been bullying uh, Butler on it. So anyway, yes, you did, and I thank you for that. You went two and three, <laughs> so you're fifteen and fifteen on the season. Uh, Tennessee beat LSU forty to thirteen. Georgia beat Auburn forty-two to ten. South Carolina beat Kentucky twenty-four to fourteen. Bama beat A&M twenty-four to twenty. And the last game we'll talk about, and then I'm letting you go, Jake. You got class. Texas beats <laughs> Oklahoma. 49 to nothing. Quinn Ewers was back. He can spin it. That dude is for real. I watched that game. He is a really good quarterback, and it was unfortunate that he got hurt against Alabama. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome to see him kind of getting back into his own, his element. Uh it, it to me as a Texas fan, I'm I'm gonna be pretty pumped about the, absolutely yeah, you know, I'm gonna be pumped about the future, man. Yeah. Texas know, is I, back. I, I, however, about Texas is back. You know, all that stuff. All right, all right, all right. But uh, you got Quinn Ewers. Uh, you got a uh, uh, little Arch Manning coming. Times are good in Austin, possibly. You know what? I was watching that game. Uh, it's at a Texas State Fair. It's in Dallas. It's much like Georgia, Florida, neutral site, 50 50 fans, a lot of hype, kind of like a bowl game in the middle of the season. Yeah. So I've got a lot of respect for it. But I was watching the game. They kicked off at noon. Um, and one of my friends actually went to Texas. His name's Taylor Lewis. And I'm like seeing all of the B-roll, Texas State Fair, Texas fans, Oklahoma fans. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, Texas is just so much infinitely cooler than Oklahoma. Like in another life, <laughs> I would want to go to state, Texas. Just as a yeah. state, as a, yeah. as a state, as a university, like yeah. looking at the fans. Yeah. I was just like, I would much rather want to be involved with Texas than Oklahoma. Uh, and that's aside from the football programs. It's like, this just seems cool. Matthew McConaughey, the, you know, the Stetson cowboy hats, the Levi jeans. Like I would want to do that in another life, be a Texas fan, but get this Texas 49, Oklahoma, nothing. Texas's biggest win over OU ever. OU's first shutout 
since 1998 in any game. OU's worst shutout loss ever. I mean, think about this. This isn't their biggest rivalry game. Yeah. OU's worst loss since 1997. Texas's biggest power five win since 2007 when they beat Iowa State. Okay. And then on the flip side, Brent Venables, the first year head coach at Oklahoma, who was the D coordinator at Clemson a year ago. First Oklahoma coach to debut 0-3 in conference play. Also, Oklahoma has lost more than three conference games only seven times in 108 years. So they have a lot to live up to to not just completely forfeit this entire season. OU started the season 3-0, right, this season, with a plus 97-point differential. Since then, they're 0-3. And their score total in those three games, they've been outscored 145 to 58. I know their quarterback got injured. I know they had their second string quarterback in that game against Texas, but um, Jake tough times in Norman right now. That is, that is tough. Uh, just for me, it's frustrating. You would just think with a defense minded head coach that the defense would just be a little bit better. Um, just a skosh, just yeah, a skosh. Just a, a little Show bit up. Better. I mean, come on. I, it's tough. I, I I can't me sitting here listening to all those stats. I, I can't not say to the Georgia fan base, just I'm telling you, just be grateful for what you got. Because so these, these, these times are good, man. These, these coaching homecomings where they they coaches who played there got ties to the university and they come back. Sometimes it, it ain't it ain't all rainbows and sunshine, are, man. Yeah, it ain't all I roses now. It's it's tough. I look at Frost, look at this situation uh, in Oklahoma. So it it can easily go the other way. And speaking of um, speaking of tough, how'd you do on your test last week? Didn't you have a test last week? How'd that go? Was, was it was it tough? <laughs> I haven't I haven't gotten the grade back yet. Okay, but well, uh, we're all hoping the best for you. <laughs> yeah, it was a thirteen question. It was a math test. It's basically calculus. Uh, thirteen questions, and I knew how to do four of them. So you can do the math on that one. I know how to do four. I don't how to don't know how to do the other nine. It's I'm not, not very good at math, but that doesn't seem like a passing grade. Hopefully, this is not we'll, uh, looking too happen. good. So hopefully, there's a curve on this one, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to lock in and do a little bit better moving forward. So. We can help you out with that for sure. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning into this episode of Punt and Pass. As we've told you, this episode was presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Family-owned and operated since 1982. That's over 35 years. The store is for anyone with any budget. Solomon Brothers has the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast, and it gets better if you mention Pun Pass or myself or Jake. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. They have the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds, guaranteed custom jewelry design, lifetime diamond upgrades, and the best stores with amazing service. One in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. Check them out at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter, SolomonBrothers.com. Jake, have an awesome week up in Athens, and um, we'll get it rocking and rolling for week seven. You dude, fired up? Dude, I'm in. Let's go. Awesome. The weather's even cooling off Man, anymore, so even more. We're both in hoodies. Love it. This is it. That's what it's all about. Let's go. This is what it's all about. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass, puntandpass.com. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake. And we will talk to you on Thursday. See you. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? 
Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a Mad Men's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.